drink cinema. Cheese. Okay, welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema, where two out of three brothers review movies two drinks at a time. Hello, Brett. Hello, Lee. How are you this evening? I am an emissary of the Gorgonites. How are you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good with the Tommy Lee Jones impersonations. No, um, not really sure what an emissary is, but we'll continue. <laughs> It's a person that is sent to talk to people. Is it like in Birdcage, oh, he's a cultural attaché to Greece? <laughs> is it a made-up thing? No, it's not made up, it's a real thing. Okay. You know in 300, the guy that he kicks down the well? <laughs> that's a very specific reference. That's, that's your Gorgon, that's your Gorgonites. That's Sorry, my emissary. Emissary, yeah. Okay. This is why... Did not end well for him then, I guess. Yeah, well, at least the Gorgonite didn't get kicked down a well. Did you not hear what I said? That was a joke. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope those little sound effects actually make it from this interface onto our recording uh, device. If not, I can bring a drum set in. We've got plenty of room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've got an electric... Electronic drum kit. In I'll the, have a uh, little. I'll make a little soundboard. I borrowed it from a friend of mine because I was like, "Oh, I've always wanted to learn the drums." And he's like, "My electronic drum kit at the moment is a clothes horse in my son's room. So would you like it?" <laughs> so I have one in the garage. I've played it all of once. Yeah. Speaking of once. Speaking of playing with toys once. Yeah, Small uh, Soldiers. Soldiers of 1998. Is the movie that we're doing, 1998, which means it is 25, 35, 25. T- th- 35. 25. 25, because I'm 30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is 25 years old this year. And you should be better at maths by now. Oh, God. We have a drink for it. We do have a drink that we I made completely made up. up. Good. Uh, because surprisingly, there isn't a lot of uh, cocktails inspired by this kind of weird... By this kid's movie. Um, rip-off G.I. Joe movie. Yeah. Uh, so, what it has in it is it has... it's called. I'm calling it a chip hazard. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Don't ask Named me Named after Tommy Lee Jones' character. Um, so, it has gin, peach schnapps, lime cordial, orange juice, and topped off with a bit of bitters. Oh, because he is bitter. Yeah. It is a DreamWorks film, not a Disney film, just it's so we're It's definitely not a Disney film. And this is our response to Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Watching a toy-inspired movie. Yes. The other option was Robin Williams' Toys. Mm. Or Toy already... Stories. Oh, yeah, Toy Stories. There's story. like five of them. Four of them. Four? Five's Four. coming. So this is a chip hazard. Yeah, the, chip hazard, I'm uh, calling quantities it. will be up on the socials, hopefully, this week. Looks like orange juice. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my god! Ooh, gin. It's um. <laughs> oh, this is gonna sound stupid. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's got bloody ice in no, it. No, I know, but like, you know, it's it's cold. Well, so is Chip Hazard. Mm. Um, there's no mercy all in I this got drink. Was, that's for sure. Oh my god, was gin. I have just crash hit yours tonight. Yeah, all I got was orange juice. We got another episode to record after this too. <laughs> So, gin and peach schnapps. I'm not getting much of the peach schnapps at all. Listeners, please recommend us some cocktails that include Liquor 43. Because we haven't used that. Not sure about that one, but we'll see how it goes towards the end. I don't mind it. It just tastes like orange juice with a bit of something in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. We don't give ratings anymore. Um, okay, small soldiers. Nostalgia. Yes, nostalgia. I wrote as my funny little pricey, hopefully funny. Pricey. Some war toys by some big bastard company get possessed and fuck shit up. That's what I remember of the movie. That's what I remember as yeah. well. It's not technically possession, as in Linda Blair. Well, I think it is possession because, oh no, she doesn't even buy them, so she doesn't own them. So it's not even that form of possession. 
No, no one's bought any toys. No. He just thieved them. He just stole them from somebody else's shipment. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were going to another shop. They were going to another shop. Okay, shall I just rip through the story? Let's do it. My first There's note, not much of one, yeah. so... My first note, Dennis Leary is an actual asshole. He's... <laughs> I'm an asshole. Yeah, I'm an asshole all. He is an asshole. Uh, and then my second oh, thought what a, was... What a bloody 90s reference. Yeah. God. My second thought was Globotech. We're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get dodgeball out of my. It's the same logo. It's the same logo. It's the same logo. So, is, and the same military music over the top of it. Is small soldiers in the dodgeball universe? Ooh, because mm. everything has to be. Why Goodman yeah. is the CEO of Globotech? Did What's what Globotech is in Globotech. small soldiers? Yeah, White Goodman took over from Dennis Leary. He's also an asshole. Yeah. 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 It's in the same universe. Um, so we start with Globotech. We're better than Heartland Family Toys, and we mm. know it. Taking over the little company. Yeah. Which is the point, one of the points of the movies. Yep. Uh, toys that are so smart that when kids play, they play back. AI, anyone? Mm. Tickle me Elmo, anyone? Does Tickle Me Elmo tickle you? No, I think the puppeteer is a bit problematic. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, uh, wait, was he? I keep tickle continue. Me Elmo didn't tickle back. No. I don't think the puppeteer is problematic. It's Sesame Street. It's very unlike a children's show to be problematic at all. Yeah. Maybe Barney was problematic, or am I just thinking about that episode of Family Guy? Abuse allegations. Oh, dear. Ding, ding, ding. Moving yeah. on. Toys that are so smart that when kids play, they play back. That's an AI reference now. Yep. We've got... They tried to warn us. We've got big toy company. We've got big company versus small toy maker. Uh-huh. We've got big toys in the little shop, too. Little toy store. So yeah. we've got a lot of big... And a lot of technology versus a lot of niceness, smallness, and morals. Yes. Because we've also got, uh, what's his name next door? It's Sillily Alliterative. Phil Filsy. Phil Fimple. Phil Fimple. Played by Phil Hartman. Yeah. I hate characters with the same name. Right. Right? Write a name. What if they already did and then they got Phil Hartman? Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. It's not like her name was really Kirsten. That's odd. Oh, Christy. Totally different. Oh, her name was Kirsten. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. So, we had Kirsten danced as Christy Fimple. Yeah. Stupid name. Gregory Smith as Alan Abernathy. I love that he doesn't get top billing, but continue. Yeah. Uh, Jay Moore as Larry Benson. Phil Hartman as Phil Fimple. Kevin Dunn, who's a bit of a that guy. Yeah. Like, I couldn't name Kevin Dunn. But I, I'm like, oh, he's funny. I saw the name. Yes. And I was like, I've seen him in something. Uh, Dennis Leary. David Cross is another person that you would know. Yeah. Wendy Sharl is a bit of another. Oh, her. She is the voice of Francine Smith in American Dad. Oh, okay. Then other big casts. Frank Langella is yes. Archer, the Gorgonite. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Guest is one yeah. of the Gorgonites. There Michael McKean. Big names well, the- well, it's basically that's like a Christopher Guest. It's Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer. Yeah. So did they just record this in between takes of Waiting for Guffman or something? So that those three were all yeah um, those movies. Um, but then the other side of it, yep, um, were part of like the Magnificent Seven. Oh yeah, most of them are those voices. So. It's a it's a cast. Yeah. Because like then the commandos, Tommy Lee Jones, George Kennedy, Jim Brown, Ernest Borgnine, yes. Clint Walker and Bruce Dern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're the magnificent magnificent seven mm. with Tommy Lee Jones. And then the Gwendy dolls are voiced by yes. Sarah Michelle Geller and Christina Ricci. There was one point like. they were talking and it was like that was Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the cast. We've got Big versus little in a number of ways because we've got Globotech, we're better than you and we know it, versus Heartland, and then them versus the little mom and, well, not mom and pop, pop and 
belligerent son. Um, yeah. Pop store with, and he's no selling war toys. Then I have some thoughts on that. There's uh, quiet wanting to move to the suburbs, dad. Yep. Versus techno, dad. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of verses going on, but then that is all kind of put aside because then the point of the movie comes be- becomes a bit like the American military really is fucking dead set on killing anyone. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, and. In making this movie... You're different, bang. Yeah, in making this movie, Joe Dante and the writers did not shy away from being like, Marines will kill anyone as long as you tell them to. Yep. Because there is... This is the way they are programmed. Yeah, they're programmed just to yeah. kill And it's like their Marines are just following orders. Yep. This could... This, in like the late 70s, early 80s, when everyone was still kind of hating on Vietnam, yeah. would have killed it. Yeah. Like, this you could watch in a double with Apocalypse Now. Like, I mean, it's got the same music in it. Yeah. So, um, so we get the normal, some of the normal kids' movies. They move into the small town. Uh, yep. Alan Abernathy's not okay about it until he meets the cute girl. Yep. Who really, like, character-wise... Not very deep, Kirsten Dunst's character. Nope. She's really just there to be pretty. Yep. Even though she can act. She can act. By this yep. stage, she'd already done an interview with a vampire and Jumanji. Yeah. So and she can. that's why she got top bill. Little Women. Was that before this? Yep. I think so, yeah. So she knows what she's doing. Yeah, but she's there just as pretty. But she has a boyfriend. And she says she only dates older guys. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite understand um, that, but anyway. Look, I don't have a lot to say. I have quite a lot of notes, <laughs> but I don't have a lot to say about the story because there's this it's, setup of like big versus little and tech versus no tech, but yeah. really it's just a vehicle for the writers and Joe Dante to be like, this is how we're programming our American, American military to kill anyone that somebody has told them is different. Because it's also big versus small in terms of big Marines... Have weapons. Weapons, blah, blah, versus yeah. Gorgonites, I am peaceful. But that all... I am peaceful. That all kind of falls a little bit to the wayside when Tommy Lee Jones walks in front of the flag. And then from then yeah. on, it's just like, look at how fucking yeah. pre-programmed the American military is. I love how um, easy it is to buy military-grade chips off the internet. In 1998. Well, now he's part of the Globo Gym. Sorry, Globo Tech family. Yeah, it's he just can just like, do whatever. Yeah. Well, it's not off the internet. It's their internal system. He didn't get oh, on Amazon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Still, where's the clearance? Uh, if I need to buy something internally in my work, I need to go through three people. Yeah, I have to pay for printing at my work. Oh, really? <laughs> not personally, yeah. but I have a printing budget. Oh, okay. But this guy can just... Order order military chips. chips. Yeah. Um, Fucking Carter was a throwback. Oh, keeper of Encarta. I went, oh (laughs) my gosh. Uh, Alan, keeper of Encarta. One issue I had. Very 90s. Yeah, very 90s. Um, Just one issue? Or one of the many issues? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go about it in some kind of order, but. No, the the story, and I I will say some good things about it a little bit later. Okay, okay. Why we have to wait for them? Yeah. Why do the Marines straight away on? Right, they're straight away just like talking each other, mobilize, following orders, ready to go. Mm. The Gorgonite says, "I am the emissary of the planet Gorgon." Six times. You have to interact with me before I... Well, yeah. It has to have... Six times he seems like he's a normal toy. Yeah. And then eventually gets it. I don't get that. Whereas Chip Hazard's just punching straight out of the box. Yeah. He's just straight away a Marine (laughs) walking in front of a (laughs) flag jigsaw, which was clever. I did like that. But also how they just like shoved all those famous war speeches together. Yeah, and like, also though, the other the other thing I had, there was obviously a lot of 
references. Yes. Right. And a lot of it was the weird one. Like a Tassie devil. That's all like yeah. hectic. Um, would saying like quotes from other well, movies and stuff. I'm, I'm bringing that up later. Okay. When I talk about dialogue. Right. And worst lines. That's a few. Um, the effects are very good though. Yeah, I thought that the animatronics of the toys looked pretty yeah. good. And their integration of that into the movie. It's not Roger Rabbit. No. But it's good. No. And there, there's definitely times where you're like, well, they've just cable tied him onto the back of the bike. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. And then, but then you get the CG uh, of them talking. So, all right, ripping through the story. Kids move to town, doesn't like it. Kids stuck in the shop, even though for some reason the dad hates the kid and doesn't think he can do anything, he's left him in charge of the shop. Hocus Pocus. Which is not a good idea. Get rid of the shop and that's Hocus Pocus. Yep. The first thing he does is steal a bunch of toys that Uh, the dad has said he's not going to sell. Uh-huh. Those toys are fucked up. Uh Uh-huh. But he meets Kirsten Dunst, who's pretty. Hocus Pocus. Yep. The, the toys fuck up everything and Kirsten Dunst helps him even though she doesn't really like him. But she does? They have their moment where they get to know each other, but it is clunky as. Bit of a tease, Kirsten. Yeah, but that that dialogue in that scene where they're re-putting together the shop is clunky. Oh, yeah. It's just like they're there. Do you like Led Zeppelin? Like, Do you like Led Zeppelin? <laughs> yeah. They are my favourite band. Somebody told me to say that to you. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> He's like, yes, I really do like them. You are not like a normal girl. Yeah. And then they're in love. Yeah, that's it. A line later, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to. Okay. Okay. Speaking of clunky dialogue and also following on from I'm her saying. Ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, her saying to him, I only date older guys. A little bit too much. All right. That's all fucked up, right? Alan's fucked the shop up. <laughs> then I have, yep. Then it goes very quickly, like the toys are real and stuff's got to happen. Uh huh. The mum, I liked when the mum was like, "Are you on crank?" Yeah, and then she's you like, met? "Crystal meth." Crystal meth. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, crystal meth in the nineties." Yeah, even pre Heisenberg. Crank. <laughs> Sorry, it's just crank. Yeah, it's such a mum word for it. Yeah, yeah. Are you on crank? Yeah. Are you doing the cocaine? <laughs> there's another movie where it's like that. I'm sure you are smoking the marijuana. There's like there's a mum that I'm right. sure there's plenty. Of yes, movies where mums don't quite know the slang terms. Not that I do. Um. Then, yeah, we it's a little bit back and forth of like shit's going wrong, and then. The people at Heartland are realizing what they've fucked up by putting an AI chip. Yes. AI again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, we're all thinking Terminator. Chat GPT is going to be Terminator. Yeah. Maybe nah. Chat GPT could be Chip Hazard. Yeah. Who knows? And it, you know what? There's a chip in him and it's hazardous. Yeah. I right. only just thought of that then. Really? Yeah. Because that's probably the only thing the writers thought yeah. of. <laughs> I will say, you know, when writing things, they came up with it. I was kind of like, Anything where they have to come up with a new species or language or yep. planet is impressive, but no, because it was literally like, they are from Gorgon, they're called Gorgonites, they don't do anything. Yeah, they didn't. They don't have a culture. It was like they're an artful, like peaceful thing. There are peaceful people that don't do anything. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I sometimes think about when I'm writing... If I have to come up with other worlds, peoples, whatever, what I'm going to call them. And it's very easy to just go Gorgon, Gorgonite. Yep. Mars, Martian. Uh-huh. Jupiterians? Oh, no, no, no nobody's, nobody's from Jupiter. They could be. We haven't looked. Jupiter, Saturnians. Uranite? Uranite. Uranusians. Like Russians? Renus- no, I was thinking no. like Asians, you Renusians. V- Vin- Venusians. Venusians. <laughs> Mercurians. Venusian blinds. Um, we'll be, we, could be Ma- we could be Martians soon. Who knows? We are Earthlings. Well, if Elon Musk gets his way. Well, I don't know. He'll probably rename Mars X. Fucking idiot. 
Moving on. <laughs> Me or him? Both. Um, Moving on from Elon Musk. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's very... We know what we know how the movie's going to end. Yep. Because the guy in the lab says, it is an EMP that will end the chip. Like, uh-huh. oh, okay. So they're going to have to get the Nebuchadnezzar from the Matrix <laughs> yes. up to sort him out. Um, I found it... Okay. Then we get good military shit. We get this line. They can only learn within their programming. Yes. Which is AI. AI, but also is Marines. Yep. Like Marines. I, sorry to any Marines that are listening, but the way the military generally works is you only learn things that are relevant to the people that you have to kill. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that is one of the major points of the movie. Bit of back and forth. More shit's getting shot by the Marines and they're building up their arsenal from Phil Fimple's garage Mm -hmm. because he's the tech guy. Now, tell me what you think about Kirsten Dunst cheating on her boyfriend unofficially. I, I, I don't know. I only date older guys unless it's unofficial. So not only is she dating a younger guy, yeah, but she's cheating on her boyfriend unofficially. Well... He doesn't say much, the boyfriend. Um, well, I've got... The Kirsten, one thing he does says is in my worst lines yeah, of nomination. Kirsten Dunst can do no wrong in my 90s child yeah, mind. That's why I'm asking you what you think. Um, but I didn't like that. Overall, as an adult, this movie... It's meh. a little bit too adult in the kids' romances. Yeah. I've read a lot about the show Boy Meets World. I haven't watched any of it, right? This is relevant. In, okay. Because the cast of Boy Meets World... Is that the one where it's the over... No, that's Wonder Years. Boy Meets World is with the kid and the... Kirk Cameron, is he? Uh, Boy Meets World is Ben Savage. Oh, Ben Savage? Yeah. Right. It, there were seven seasons of it starting in 1993. Yeah. And I remember there was a bit of an interview that came across my TikTok... Of them kind of saying there were some storylines that we had to push back on because it was adult writers. Yep. And, like, there were a a couple of, like, storylines where – this is a little bit further than Small Soldiers – a couple of storylines where the actors were like, this is not sending the right message. Like, there was mm-hmm. one where they were like, it's 1995. You, we should, if we're having sex in this episode, we should be also talking about condoms and mm-hmm. stuff. So I think this is, to a lesser extent, a little bit adult writing kids. Yeah. Yep. Because she's willing to cheat on her boyfriend unofficially. Then, when it gets to the ride on lawnmower at the end... She says, get on. Yeah. And she says, hop on. Then she says, is this going to be a theme of our relationship? Maybe it was my dirty mind that took that to be a little bit. She had the scooter. Yeah, I know. But that together with a little bit of the overly sexual other couple of other things was a little bit much for me. Anyway. It's all that Led Zeppelin. Also overly adult uh, and questionable is that the commandos drug the mum. Yep. And then make hot soldiers that out of the Gwendy dolls. Bloody weird. Uh, freaky, freaky. Then we have some more technology versus niceness uh, of families and of corporations. Yep. The Gwendy dolls, once they're made, they're freaky. They were Half weird. melted faces, no hair. But yeah. the lines that they had were f- were funny. Yeah. We'll all get facials. And then one has no face. Did I ever pluck my eyebrows? Yeah. <laughs> Those lines were funny. Which I think was partially probably just Sarah Michelle Gellar and Christina Ricci going into a thing. Like, let's just say funny stuff. Yeah, let's say stuff. We're not getting paid for this. It's Here is a couple of good things. Mm-hmm. It has all of the tropes of a war movie. 
Yeah. And if you just kind of look at the war bits of the movie, it's got a war movie vibe about it. Like yep. there's goodies and baddies. And in in this case, it's the American military that are baddies. Mm, exactly. And Political then commentary. There's they take a hostage. They have to go behind enemy lines. Yep. One team is outgunned by the other team, and they have to be smart in order to overcome them. Yep. Brains not brawn. Yeah. There's all of those kind of things uh, that make it a good movie in terms of warfare. And then Ride of the Valkyries. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yep. Here you go. Yes. War movie. Comment. Yeah. And then that also goes with the comment of they can only learn within the parameters of their programming. Yes. When they get first get out of Phil Fimple's garage, they fuck a lot of shit up. Oh, yeah. They, like, destroy things. I don't understand how a fully grown teenager is so easily overpowered by a toy. I, but then... A fully grown teenager gets shot with corn holders. Yep. And just pulls them out and runs off. Yeah. That was like, funny though. That was. I, I did like Yeah, I I found it uh, there were a couple of moments where it was just like it's just a toy. Yeah, like kick it away. Yeah. It's this tall. Twelve inches tall. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Ten inch I don't know. Chuck it in the garbage disposal. Well, we did. We tried that. Yeah, it only got half of him done. Um, yeah, major destruction. And as soon as they, from then, they come out of the garage. I don't think he was one of the names, was he? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Um, from the time they come out of the garage, they just destroy. And it's just war. It's yeah. full-blown war. Until the mum gets the tennis racket. Yeah, And he's Iconic. getting some of that back. Uh, nice forehand. <laughs> nice forehand, honey. Then we get another comment about warfare. It's on fire. Yeah, true. We get another comment about warfare just Uh towards the end. Oh, about... When Tommy Lee Jones says to uh, the Gorgonite, what are your guts like? And he says, the same as yours. Ooh. And you're like, ooh, killing. Probably not you, a different species. But they're wires and shit. That's what he means. Wire and the same chip in the head. Yeah, I'm just programmed differently. Yes, so that's definitely a I'm comment. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn on that the way. warfare. Then Dennis Leary comes and just pays everyone off, and we're not going to learn from our mistakes. Yep, we're just going to war is a trillion dollar industry. Yes, and we're just going to pay people. My thing was like, I wish at the end it was when it was like, you can't just give us money, and then I wish somebody was like, no, I just said rather than just like, oh no, that's fine, I'll take it. But that's not the point of the movie. Obviously, Phil Fimple was going to do it. Phil Fimple was always going to take it. But the other dad, he's a struggling small business owner. That's true. Um, That's very topical. The point of the movie is Dennis Leary's not going to learn his lesson. Nope. And money will let you get away with things. And that's the end of the movie. The other issue I kind of had with the parents of... It's early 90s, so they're allowed to be absent in Hollywood. I forgot his name. Alan. Alan, yep. Alan Cooper of Encarta. They don't trust Alan. Yeah. Alan's a, Alan's a screw up. He burnt down his school. Right. According to He's the He's a kid in the 90s that rides a bike and has a middle part. He's a screw up. <laughs> right? That's just Hollywood law. He's either a screw up or a star. Yeah. He's either a screw up or in a boy band. Yeah. And unfortunately, he can't sing. But that didn't stop Nick Lachey. <laughs> Ooh. Um, why did they leave him in charge of the shop? And then why yep. were they like... That's what I said too. You left him in charge. You're 10. Well, how yeah. old is he? Child labour laws. Yeah. You're 10. 13. We you're a screw up and you're 13. We're going to leave you in charge of the store and yeah. then get angry when you screw up because you're a screw up. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, why didn't you sell this? It's like, what do you, what do you mean, Dad? Well, according to the plot on uh, Wikipedia, it just says... Teenager Alan Abernathy. Well, I don't even know if he's 13. Well, he's old enough to, I don't know, hook up with Kirsten Dunst. Well, she prefers older guys. Uh, That was my other issue with it. Parents are dumb. But I've said that a lot about movies. I think this is the... Maybe that's a Joe Dante movie thing. I think this is the latest that we can accept 
shit parents. Like the 80s, done. Okay. Right? Yep. Gremlins, uh, Joe Dante. Yeah. Gremlins, absent. Goonies. Yep. Absent parents. Yep. Right? E.T. 90s, a little bit different. Uh-huh. Jumanji, absent parents. Well, they died. No. I know Alan's parents went out for dinner. And we're just, Arr, here, have this Mr. possessed Parrish. game. Yeah. Yeah, but also auntie, parent figure oh, in the now time. Yeah. Absent. Yeah. Yeah. When are we when are we watching Jumanji? When was Jumanji come out? Nineteen ninety five. We can watch it at any time. We I know we're okay, doing Okay, thank you, listeners. We're doing Jumanji instead. Yeah, yeah. We can do it. Because I really want to watch a few good men. Oh, okay. Which just That's popped into my head. Nineteen ninety two, we missed it. That was last year. Were you thinking of the Marines? Is that why? Yeah. No, because I listened to that podcast on my cousin Vinny. Um, oh yeah. And they say any courtroom drama needs a did you order the code red yeah. moment? Yeah. And that uh, is Marissa Tomei. Oh, no, that's the grits in My Cousin Vinny. Okay. Okay. One other comment mm-hmm. that the spy skills were psychological torture. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did find that funny when they were playing yes. the music. Um, all right. Yeah. I love this song. <laughs> yeah, it's the mum. Just... Okay. I think she was still a bit high. Uh, in terms of characters, so I went through the story. The story is very. Military tropey, yeah, but a bit subversive in talking about programming slash following orders for the Marines. Yeah, the Tommy Lee Jones is great. Yeah, at that yeah, chip yeah. hazard character. It's it's great for him, but like I said, Kirsten Dunst's character is not very deep, and he's just a pretty girl. Yeah, that is there for him to love. She doesn't really even do anything. Other than get kidnapped and, and help drive the lawn, help it clean up. Yeah. So, but Alan is good. He's okay. Yeah, he you can, can act, see he's trying to not be a screw up nineties kid. Yeah, but he did burn his school down. So you just got to come sometimes, kind of deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, Gregory Smith, uh, not a terrible actor. No, I thought the acting wasn't that bad, really, considering it's not much of a script. Um, one line. Everything's going to be owned by one big company. Goodbye, microbreweries. Yeah. <laughs> that did not <laughs> that age did well, not did age. it? So it's um, it's 100% right, but also 100% wrong. Yeah. There's no in-between. Yeah. You're Nowadays, either a microbrewery. You're a microbrewery or you're Disney. Or a multinational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're either owned by Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, or Disney, or you're a microbrewery. Yeah. (laughs) Or you're owned by yourself. There's nothing in between. Sometimes you're a microbrewery owned by Asahi. Like you're owned by a big company. Yeah. Um, A couple of... uh, Okay. I'm not going to take this line away from you. I'm going to skip to the next one. We need to negotiate the surrender of the Gorgonzolas. (laughs) What's the line that I remember? Some of the jokes that the Gorgonites make are funny. Yeah. But don't work with their characters. No. Like, how is they how are they gonna know Titanic? Exactly. At the end of the movie. Like Unless they did spend a all night on Encarta and they just happened to have Encarta ninety seven that it had Titanic owned. They could have. Or they could have flicked on the TV and Titanic. I hope was, we don't see an iceberg. Titanic was probably showing on the TV at some That's point true. in the yeah. couple of days that they were there. Mm. Your favourite line? You've already said it. I'm not a man. <laughs> oh, I laughed out loud. Because that that's like the one line that still to this day we would quote. I'm not a man. I'm not a man. Because <laughs> I don't know. It was the funniest thing when I was 10. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. But anyway. that's. Anyway, I was 10. It was a confusing time. You know, it was 1998. This this millennium bug thing was coming up. I just oh, didn't yeah. know. We were stressed. I was playing. I was playing. I was playing Microsoft Golf. I didn't know what was happening. I was playing Star Wars chess. I was playing Star Wars chess. <laughs> <laughs> what a game! That was a good R two D two. That was great. I'm isolating that one. Good. Okay, that's it for the story. It's basic AF. Yep. Do you know what? Do you want to know what else is basic? The impact. The cultural <laughs> impact of this movie. Look, awards. Blank. Zilch. Except, I think, you know, Kids Awards, he was an all right actor. Did he get um, slimed at the Nickelodeon's Kids' yeah, Choice? I don't think they had that there. 
In terms of remakes and inspiration kind of stuff, a remake of Small Small Soldiers was in development by Fox, and it was called called Toy Mageddon. The script was purchased in 2014, and some director was going to produce it. Um, (laughs) Some director. I've never heard of Justin Lin. The story was described to be set in a toy factory that begins to run amok. At that time, it was not explicitly stated to be a remake of toys of Small Soldiers. Justin Lin is a Taiwanese-American film director who has done Fast and Furiouses. Yeah. Well, fa- actually, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, Fast so X, he's Fast shit. 6, Fast 5, F9. Yeah. Due to the acquisition of 21st Century Fox by Disney on March 2019, Disney later in August cancelled the film along with tw- over 200 other projects, Ooh. which revealed the film was intended as a remake of Small Soldiers. So it was almost going to happen, but then Disney were like, eh, no, we've got to make 15 more series based on Marvel Comics. We don't have time yeah. for this. Um, Toy Mageddon could have been... Uh Robin Williams' career after the movie Toys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that could have been the end of it. Um, it was the last film for Phil Hartman. Oh, yeah, because he died. Yeah. Um, a filmmaker named Gregory P. Grant filed a lawsuit against Steven Spielberg, DreamWorks, and Universal Pictures for copying his film Ode to G.I. Joe, which played at film festivals and earned him a Student Academy Award. Yeah, right. So it it's a rip-off of G.I. Joe. Chip Hazard is G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he made some student film about this is what G.I. Joe did. He basically made a movie with shot-by-shot of G.I. Joe action figures. What, why did he sue Spielberg? Because of G.I. Joe. Because he produced it? Oh, okay, okay. Did he? He didn't produce Small Soldiers. Yeah, I don't know why he sued Steven Spielberg. Maybe he just... Directed by Joe Dante, written by Gavin Scott, Adam Rifkin, Ted Elliott, T- Terry Rossio. Produced by Michael Fennell and Colin Wilson. Yep. Um, and that is the end of my segment. Okay. Didn't launch anyone. Oh, Amblin Entertainment was one yeah. of the production companies. Okay. Even though he wasn't listed as a producer, my apologies. That's it. Pretty much. Okay. Remember Phil Hartman in News Radio? I remember Phil Hartman as... Um, Lionel Hutz. Lionel Hutz. And um, Troy McClure. Troy McClure. I might remember him from such films as... Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers. I remember him in News Radio. Yeah. Great show. Uh, But he's also, like, he was SNL. Yeah. uh, And before that, he he was was murdered. Pee Pee Wee Herman. He was murdered. Pee Wee Herman died. What now? No. Was it? No, that was the guy from... Euphoria Lee. Yeah. No, Paul Rubens. He died. played Pee Wee Herman, died. When? Like... Now? 17 hours ago, according to The Guardian. Oh, shit. Yeah, like a day ago. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Pour one out for Pee Wee. Yeah. Sorry to bring you down, everybody. Um, Any... uh, I know this episode was going really well. Yeah, any Pee Wee Herman fans that haven't heard the news and are listening to the podcast, my apologies to breaking it to you uh, in this way. Um, Look, that's it for me. Yeah, okay. Shall we do some awards? Let's do some awards. I've not got any notes, really. I, I, I couldn't tell you an extra in the film. I wrote, Guy Who Nearly Gets Run Over by Alan. It's always a kid on a bike that nearly runs someone over. Yeah, true. Um, and then there's a, there's a grandma looking in the toy shop window and this kid, like, pulls her away. He's like, Mum, they never have anything good in there. I thought that was oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. That's a bad extra. Yep. Um, I wrote, anyone in the neighbourhood that doesn't look and see what's going on when the soldiers blow up the power lines? Can I go one step before that? Mm-hmm. Phil Fimple's garage explodes and no one calls yeah, the cops. Nobody does anything. And then I said at the end... Is it a hocus-pocus situation where they're all being bewitched at a dance down Ooh. the road? Ooh. Yeah. Or they're all at the Gotham Christmas Ball like in Batman Returns. Should have worn my hocus-pocus t-shirt. <laughs> um, I wrote, guy who whispers in assistant's ear at the end. 
So De- Dennis Leary's assistant gets to the house. And he's like, he's yeah. on his way. And then an assistant just goes over and whispers. In Dennis Leary's ear? No, in her ear. Oh, okay. The assistant. But doesn't whisper. He just goes over to her ear and puts his hand up and then walks off. <laughs> Okay. Doesn't actually have time that's there it. to be whisper anything that's important. The, uh, that's the Andy Millman yeah. worst extra word. He just like goes. He literally just goes over to her. He goes because that's <laughs> that's up there with the guy who in Indiana Jones goes to offer the tray of drinks to Indy and then goes away before Indy <laughs> even looks. Yeah. Okay, that's the Andy Millman worst extra award for small soldiers. Yeah, best extra. I wrote. In the there's all shits going down at the mm. Fimples, um, or something, and there is a big bang, or there's loud music, or maybe it's the Spice Girls, and there was there goes cuts to this old couple, and then like next door neighbours, and they just go Fimple. Oh yeah, that was all I wrote, and it's them. It's, <laughs> but there were no other kind of no extras. It's a very lean movie in terms of personnel. Yeah. Uh, because they're fucking I toys. Feel like they spend all their money on Tommy Lee Jones and the, and yeah. the CGI. All right, so that's the Estelle Reiner best extra. Could have given award. it to a Gwendy doll, but that's true. What about the dog or the cat? I did think about best extra was mm. the cat. What about the cat? The- actually, acted well with the CG toys. What about the Gorgonite that's just an eyeball with arms? <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Yeah. I don't know why they're all so I hope different. we don't run into an iceberg. Like, if you invaded Earth, uh huh. I guess you might not pick six humans. Like, you might pick a human and a and cow an elephant. and a giraffe. And yeah, a, and a like, cat. Yeah. So, that's okay. I'll allow it. Okay, good. Okay. You're allowing a fictional thing to have more than one species. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Um... Worst I line. didn't cry. Okay, good. All right, there's nothing there. That's great. Worst line. Chris Kirsten's Kirsten Dunster's boyfriend. Uh huh. All the, his only line, pretty much. Yep. Is he says, "You are such a major hottie." <laughs> that's like it's the best thing he can come up that with to say to his so girlfriend. Hot guy nineties. Yeah, speak. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. But then he's also like. He's meant to be this cool guy. Yeah. But then he's standing outside the house trying to make up an excuse to go back in. Yeah, fucking dumb. I if like I was that. if I was Phil Fimple, I would not be letting that guy anywhere near my daughter. Phil Fimple doesn't seem Oh no, they do get along. He's so old. Phil Fimple? No. <laughs> the boyfriend. Yeah. And he rides a motorbike. Yeah, and she just rides a scooter. Yeah. Weird. Would not let my. I'm not letting my daughter. I wrote date anyone that rides a motorbike at the start. Yep. Uh, Dennis Leary arrives at the toy factory. Mm. Right, and David Cross. Yep. Was like, oh god, he's early. Blah blah blah. And then, then there's in this meeting in a very impressive boardroom for such a small company. Yes. Um, it's bigger than the boardroom at my work. Um, well, look, it's bigger than the rest of the office. Yep. Uh, and then he's like, oh, I'm such and such. How are you? And Dennis Leary goes, I'm late. Like, no, but you were early. Yeah, you're also early. So I didn't like that. No. Um, it does show his arrogance, though. Yep. Kirsten Dunst. Um, she walks in and then the toys have gone or sort of ransacked the toy store. Yep. And her first question are you pulling some kind of insurance scam? <laughs> but she also comes in, sees the stall like that, and goes, I want to pick up my toys. Other shit's happening, yeah, um, Christy. You're not quite at the top of my to-do list. Well, yeah. he probably is on her to-do list, hey. but anyway. I wanted to say, oh, worst line, have I got a shock for you? Worst line, can I talk to a machine? I'm not a ma'am. <laughs> worst line, Toys is hell. I can't remember who said it. And I'm assuming that have I got a shock for you is when he's putting yeah. him between the zappers. Um, what are you packing, Tiny? Packing? Packing you. Have I? I've got a written. <laughs> These things, I can't even have remember I, where they came. Have in. I got a shock so for you, you stupid toy? Like that? I don't no. like it. 
Toys I'm is hell. I'm voting for that one. Right. Toys is hell. I don't know. I think it's right at the end. Does Dennis Leary say it? Toys is hell. Gosh, there's a few options. I don't know. I'm happy to go with Am I a Shock for You? I mean, have I got a shock for you? Have I got a shock for you, you stupid toy? Yeah. It just doesn't... It's just corny. It's too corny for me. Yeah. And it's a fairly corny moment. Um, All right. So that's the Halle Berry X-Men worst line. Have I got a shock for you, you stupid toy? Yep. Most iconic scene, the Star Wars I'm Your Father, most iconic scene. Is it... I was almost going to say Tommy Lee Jones marching in front of the flag, but that's not true because that's an iconic scene from Patton. Another movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't Well, then count. I was also going to say the battle scene with Riders of the Valkyries, but that's also an iconic scene <laughs> from another movie. Um, so you I'm a, joked about it and said a, it's I the mum playing tennis. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's when I was that young and I was playing tennis. And then in my yeah. mind, then I was like, I could do that. Yeah, I could stand at the front window and defend the house. Yeah. From it would have been those spies up the road that would have sent the toys. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We had spies up the road. The guy that walked his the guy cat. That walked his cat. Um so are we saying that the most iconic scene no, from Small Soldiers be. is the mum hitting back the tennis I balls? I think the most iconic scene is when they rip off Apocalypse Now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the Ride of the Valkyries. Because that is a hundred percent in the trailer. I haven't yeah. seen the trailer. Yeah. No, that that is but the trailer. You would put that is the trailer. Is, yeah. The trailer is a bit of David Cross, what a bit of Alan Abernathy, and toys can think for themselves. But it's not Toy Story. It's in a bad way. I wrote this in the notes for Free Willy. Uh huh. Because I watched the trailer for Free Willy before I watched Free Willy. Okay. I miss movie voice guy. Really. I miss trailers with movie voices. Right. Because now it's just music and scenes. You know what I miss? You know, do you remember there was like an ad that's like about, this is very random that just popped into my Okay. It's an ad about movie ratings. Yeah. And it's like, there's a family on a couch and it's G. I saw that recently. And then the kid, the youngest kid goes and it's PG-13 or something. And then it's like, and the kid's covering her eyes. eyes. And then it's like MA-15 plus and it's just the parents snuggling up under a blanket. Yep. And then it's R, and the dad loves it, but the mum's like, oh, you dirty bastard. It's R, and yeah. the, the dad's like sitting there with a pillow on his crotch. <laughs> That's not at home, though. They're standing in the video shop. That's right. It's yeah. in the video shop. I saw it recently because there was a news report because the Office of Film and Literature Classification is changing their ratings a little bit. Yeah. They're keeping right. the levels, but they're putting more tobacco depictions. Oh, good. And Severe weather. Warnings like yeah. that in, yeah. Yeah. Mild themes. Mild themes. No, they're going to be a bit more specific than mild themes. M.A. Oppenheimer. Yeah. M.A. 15 plus. Okay. And one of the things was also, spoiler alert, right? Tits. No. no, Oh. But it was like strong themes, suicide scene. Yeah. There's a lot of talk in the writing community about content warnings. Yeah. And- I was watching I a thing on TikTok today warnings. about this news thing about some child molester. Content warning. And it had a content warning on the start of the TikTok. Yeah. it's There's two schools of thought a bit because mm. it's a bit of like you want your audience to be prepared for things that come up, but you don't want... To spoil. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tough one. And I listen to a podcast that just, just talks about gay fiction. Um, and they have a content warning. The movie, not the actual no, historical yeah. event. They have a content warning on one of their books about homophobia. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, You're yeah. not writing a queer book if there's not homophobia in there. Yeah. But it's a bit of a – they were like – I don't want my reader to come in in a really good mood and not be prepared and then get feel like crap. But also, if you go into it in a not mentally prepared to deal with the heavy stuff yeah. mood, you're not going to enjoy the content. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yes. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a. Thing but then at I'm the not. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to enjoy the content if I'm reading. Um, full stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm reading, um, it's probably true. No, but if I'm reading something and it says that the warning is warning this has homophobia in it, I'm just going to be like, and I'm going to turn around. It's just going to be like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also it'll not be like enjoy the scene in atonement. So see you. <laughs> Fa. Yeah. Um, I also I'm not going to enjoy the content if it's spoiled. Exactly. Also, yeah. If it says MA15 plus for self-harm, I'm just going to spend an hour and 45 minutes waiting for someone to harm themselves. Yeah, every time somebody pops up on the screen, I'm like, it's going to be you. Someone runs a bath. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, like every, literally. Like, What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That's nothing to do with small soldiers. Anyway, don't feed away. Uh, only PG-13. Uh-huh. Um, which is John, Joe Dante's wheelhouse. Yeah, apologies, listeners. Look, this was completely self-indulgent nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and look, let's be honest, it was going to cost people three bucks, so there's not a huge chance that people have paid to watch it. Yeah, so um, next week, what's some other pure indulgence? I know, what is? Well, I've said I want to watch You want to watch Few Good Men, I want to watch Jumanji. So, um, so let's two completely different ways have a look there. at what is next. I feel like it's, it should be something good. Yeah, well, we've had a little... Slump. Okay, so I reckon we've got two choices for what we... Do next. Okay. Both were released on the 15th of July, 1988. Oh, okay. Okay. Big. So it was a Barbenheimer weekend. Oh. All right. Beaches. But it was a fish called Wanda and there's something about Mary. Oh, wow. No, something about Mary is 98. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a long way away, my screen. So oh. fish called Wanda was 15th of July, 1988. Yeah. And there's something about Mary was 15th of July, 1998. So we've got those two to choose from, or we could go to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Or stay tuned, listeners. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on the socials, you can do so at two at, what is it? At Two Out of Three Brothers. <laughs> yes. um, or there's a link to join our Facebook group in the episode description. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Lee. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was produced and pay our respects to elders past and present. If you'd like to support the podcast, either leave the tip or become a member for early access to these episodes by using the link in the show notes. Join the Facebook group for more chat about the movies we review and make sure you follow us on the socials to keep up to date. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on your podcast app. Happy viewing and drink responsibly. If you're enjoying this episode of Two Drink Cinema, check out our other podcast, Two Out of Three Recommend. Each week we get together to chat about life and recommend drinks, movies, shows and things to keep you busy. Check out the link in the show notes for this episode or find the highlights on the social.